Take your Bibles this afternoon, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 19, Proverbs chapter 19 this afternoon, working our way through this, our series on personalities and Proverbs, and don't forget uh, King Solomon penning down much of the words of Proverbs, and his audience was who? Who was he writing to? Oh boy. His son. All right, he was writing to his son. As a father would love his son, as a father would impart wisdom to his son. Why? Because he wants his son to succeed. He doesn't want his son to make some of the same mistakes that he made. And I can remember many times my father, when we were out and about, him sharing things with me about his past and giving me cautions at times and saying, beware of this, watch out for this. Um, you're going to be tempted to do this. And uh, I look back on those days with a lot of fond memory, and I still seek out wisdom from my father from time to time and from other godly men in the church. I like to hear what they think. They've lived longer than me. They've been there. They've done it and or not done it, and I want to know how they made it through, how they navigated it. There's wisdom in seeking wisdom. And uh, so Solomon's talked to his son, and he has told him, don't be like the simple person, right? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to go along with whatever, whatever group I'm with, I'm going to go along with. Uh, we studied the simple person. Um, we're all born in the world simple, just kind of going with the crowd, going with the flow. Then we studied the fool. You remember the fool? Um, what was his uh, slogan? Uh, oh, yeah, what do they know? What do they know? So he kind of looks at it as a third. What do they know? They don't know. Uh, we studied the fool, and uh, then we studied the scornful. And, and we see a progression, the simple to the fool to the scornful. And the scorner is, hey, I got this. I got it all under control. So mom and dad comes to a child who's a scorner and says, hey, honey, we'd like you to do, we want you to go here. Or we want you to be back at this time. I got this under control, mom. I got this under control, dad. I know what's going on. And, uh, and that brings us now to the slugger or the slothful. And again, King Solomon is warning his son. He's saying, don't be simple. Don't be a fool who lives like there is no God when there is. And we're all accountable to him. Don't, be, don't live your life like a scorner, like you got it all under control, like you know better, like you're the authority in life, rebelling against all authority. Don't be like the scorner. Now he says, don't be like the slothful. Don't be like the, the sluggard. Let's see here. So I have a sloth. Don't be like the slothful. This is not a slug. But don't be like the slothful. I'm not going to preach in that thing, I can tell you that. So don't be like the slothful. Is my hair messed up, dear? All right. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Let's read a passage together. Proverbs 19, verse 24. Verse 24. And I'll follow the same format. I hope you bring your handout back. Um, if I ever do this again, I probably won't give them to you all at once. Because some of you have failed miserably at bringing them back. 
but some of you have kept them, and I hope you do. I'm giving you a lot of information, and we're looking, really, what I've, what I've wanted to do is I want us to look at what the Bible says about these different personalities. I want you to look at what God says, and then we're drawing conclusions based upon what he says. Look at verse 24, uh, Proverbs 19. A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom, could be kind of like this, and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. That's pretty lazy. He doesn't even want to, he's too lazy to even feed himself almost. I mean, that's, that's the extreme slothful man, or the extreme sluggard. You're still in Proverbs. Look over to chapter 22 in verse 13. Proverbs chapter 22 in verse 13. It says, The slothful man saith, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. He looks outside, he sees a lion. He's fearful, but he does nothing about it. So he identifies there's a problem. There's danger out there. Maybe for a father or a husband. There's danger out there lurking that's going to hurt my family, going to hurt my kids, going to hurt my marriage. But he does nothing about it. Why? Because he's a slothful, a slothful man. Look over to Proverbs 26. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 13. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 13. I'll read down through verse 15 here. In verse 13 it says, The slothful man saith, There is a lion in the way. It's very similar to what he said already. A lion is in the streets. Look at verse 14. As the door turneth upon its hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. Isn't that a wonderful word picture? You know how a door turns on its hinges? You know, it's closed, and then you open it, and it turns on its hinges. Open, Then it goes right back in its spot. You know how we turn in our beds? We kind of roll over and roll back. Roll over and roll back, just like a door on its hinges. Now, am I preaching against rolling over in bed? No. It's when it's time to get up, and you keep rolling over, like this, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You may, maybe you do the multiple roll. I don't know what kind of roll you do. But um, remember this proverb. You know, I don't know, Mom and Dad, which one of you brought this proverb to my mind as a young man, but I can remember it bringing conviction to me in my bed, <laughs> rolling around. Oh, that verse in Proverbs. A slothful man rolling around like a door on his hinges. <sighs> Suppose I should get out of bed. Look at the next verse. Verse 15, the slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. It's almost, it's almost, he just can't stand hardly doing anything. Now, you see the, the slogan, I don't, I don't feel like it. Uh, I'm tired. And it is, we're all tired right now. We're not preaching against being tired. But these are excuses that the slothful might say. I don't feel like it. Don't feel like what? Well, the extreme slugger doesn't feel like doing much of anything. Hard to get him to do anything. However, uh, is it possible for a person to be hardworking, diligent, and very interested and locked in in one particular area of life, but still neglecting his God-given responsibilities in other areas of life? Yeah. Um, how many of you enjoyed athletics when you were younger? You maybe played on a sports team or, okay, many of us here. And if you enjoyed it, you did it because you loved it. 
Mom never had to tell me, Seth, I want you to go out and practice on your dribbles. Never had to tell me that. Dad never had to tell me, I want you to go out and I want you to work on your three-point shot or work on your free throws or I want you to work on your left hand or your right hand. He never had to tell me that. I loved it. So I was very diligent in those things. But there were other areas of my life where I was not diligent. Uh, one, of the thing, one of the areas that shows up in all of our lives, I think, many of our lives, I don't know if all, many of our lives, one area of, of our lives where we tend to be, we can be sluggardly or slothful, uh, negligent, is in our personal walk with the Lord, in our, ta- our taking personal time with him. So I'm not, when we think about the sluggard or the slothful, there, are, there is such a thing as the extreme sluggard, and we'll get to him later on, and we'll, we'll describe him, where he just doesn't do much of anything. I mean, he hardly, he won't even feed himself, you know. I mean, it, he, only when he really, really gets hungry will he actually go to the free. He just doesn't move. Okay, there is that. But that's not normal. There are different extremes of being a slugger. There's different areas of being a sloth. And we're going to look at those as we go through this study. Um, another, another slogan could be, but I don't want to. And that one really would be a good one, but I don't want to. Because, yeah, we all don't feel like doing things at times. Sometimes we're all genuinely physically tired, but maybe a better slogan would be, but I just, I don't want to. I think really that's what it boils down for the sluggard. I would, let me ask you this. Are you a hard worker? Would you describe yourself as a hard worker? Would people that know you well describe you as a hard worker? Okay. Um, would people that know you well describe you as being lazy? Areas. Now, you describe yourself. Would you describe yourself as being lazy? But again, I'm going to warn you with this. There might be some people, men or women in this room here, or maybe some young people this, this, eve, this afternoon who would say, I'm really a hard worker in school, but in obeying mom and dad right away, I'm really a sluggard. I'm really slothful. I don't obey them right away. Uh, I don't and so there are things in our lives that we love to do, and we do them. We work very hard at them. But other areas of our lives where we don't, and we, and we can be sluggardly in those areas. Uh, definition, number one. Am I supposed to push it up or down, Josh? Down. There we go. Thank you, Josh. Uh, number one, definition. Someone who lacks the discipline and integrity to follow through on their God-given responsibility of work. It's a good definition, a good working definition for a sluggard or slothful. If you've missed some of these messages in this series, I'd encourage going back. I'd encourage getting the notes. You can get them from Amanda in the office. I'd encourage listening to them online, filling them out, especially for parents, especially for parents. We have literally gone through, and we're looking at the Proverbs, and we're looking at different personalities. You should be able to identify your child. And your child is going to change as they go through life. They're going to be different stages. And you're going to see them struggling in one area or in another area. It's going to change as they grow. And as parents, we need to be able to identify their struggle. And not so we can look down our noses at them. Because we have also endured that struggle and still do are going through these struggles in our own lives. But we as parents have a biblical responsibility to train our children up lest our children... I don't have a problem with a child who's struggling with being a sloth or a sluggard at this age in life, whatever stage they're in. There are struggles in life. But it would be a shame for a believer who knows the truth, who says that who we say we believe the truth, 
to not correct our child and not train up our child and they grow up to be a sluggard or a sloth, that would be a terrible shame. It really would. So uh, another definition for a sluggard is habitually idle or indulging in ease. Just going, taking the easy route. Taking the easy route. One of the things in our society today is we do tend to live in the virtual world a lot. And because of that, people are doing, they're just less and less active. Uh, just the other day I heard on the radio, they were talking about football, the state of football in Michigan. Now, I never played football, okay? But one of the reasons, I guess, football is declining in high school and in the junior levels that they're saying is kids just, they can live a, a fulfilling life in the social world on their phone and they don't have to go do push-ups, they don't have to run sprints or ladders, they don't have to go up against the sled, they don't have to get knocked unconscious, and other things like that, you know. Uh, but it's just easier to live in the virtual world. Okay, I'm not promoting football, uh, but I do think there's some reality to that. It's easier just kind of go with what we feel like, what we feel like, so indulging in ease. Letter A, under definition, Along with the scorner, so there's some likenesses to the scorner. This person, the sloth, is wise in their own eyes. That word conceit means eyes. So the sluggard, he'll defend himself to no end. He's not normally wrong, and he has a very good reason for why he isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's wise in his own eyes. Um, He wants other people to take responsibility, to pick up the slack. Um, However... Notice this, the sluggard does not find joy in their circumstances. They're very, very discontent. We're going to see this from the Word of God a little bit later. The sluggard is very discontent. He's very covetous. His condition in life, where he's at, what he has to put up with, but he doesn't have the character to do anything about it. Okay, now there's sometimes in our lives where God puts us in a place, there is nothing we can do about it. But there are other times in our lives, God gives us a mind to think with. He gives us resources. He gives us access to wisdom, uh, financial resources. Uh, Also, we can make something. We can do something. We can create something. We can labor and produce things. Uh, And yet, the sloth and the sluggard, he's never content with what he has. Letter B, the root word for slothfulness first occurs in Judges chapter 18 and verse 9 where the Danite spies were encouraging their brethren to go conquer the land. They were saying, why are you still idle? Are you being slothful? Why are you still? Why are you doing nothing? Why don't you go into the land, is what they're saying. They're saying, accept responsibility to God's instruction. Now, they were a little misguided. It was the wrong place, okay? Uh, But it was still Canaan. Work is given by God, and slothfulness is ultimately an attempt to usurp God's authority and find an alternate means of providing for my own needs rather than work. Now, what's a way a a child could usurp God's authority? Well, God's authority would be mom and dad, right? So mom mom says, I want you to clean your bedroom. Oh, the sloth and the sluggard, they almost go cross-eyed, you know, it's like, oh, I can't do it. And then they get into the room... And uh, they never quite get it clean. Uh, Now, I suppose a person can be distracted by a pile of Legos that are just laying there begging to be played with. 
I suppose that is a valid excuse. However, this can become a character trait, right? I have a responsibility. My God-given authority has given me a responsibility, which is now a God-given responsibility, and I'm responsible to do that. We're not commanded to work only if we like it. You know, some of us like to hunt. We love to get out there. We love to get geared up. We love to get out in the cold. We love to tote a weapon around that weighs pounds. We love to cut ourselves going through brush, right? We love to do it. We love to get out there on cold days. And others of us are like, no, that would be, that would be work, right, for some. But for some of us, it's, total, it's play, although it is work, providing for our family, you know, <laughs> the needs of our family. But you get, what, you get my point. So work is not just, I don't, I don't work just because it's what I like doing. We shouldn't assume, and I, I love pastoring, but we shouldn't assume, well, Seth does this. Pastor Ferguson pastors because that's what he loves, that's what he likes doing. That's why he does it. No. I do it because that's what God has given me to do. Um, I shouldn't assume Todd Stricker, well, he works in the construction field because that's what he loves doing. You know, he's just doing what he likes. Well, I hope he likes what he does, but that's not why he does it. He does it because that's what God's given him to do, and we could keep going in that. So it's a form of disobedience. It's a form of rebellion. And moms and dads, we have to see it as this. Do you have a child that's lazy? (laughs) Is there a lazy streak? You need to see it as disobedience to God's authority and rebellion. And by the way, being this way can take as much time, as much energy, and as much effort, and sometimes more than actually just doing the job. Did you know that? Oh. Sometimes, there, there have been, there have been, sometimes in our lives, we, we go to great efforts to get out of doing what we need to do, and it would have been a whole lot quicker just to do it. It'd be done. It'd be done if you just make the bed. You could have been playing like three hours ago, but instead, we're still working on the bed being made. Um, Of course, for parents and adults, that's not the issue. Letter C. Oh, it is the issue. Letter C. This rejection or avoidance of responsibility, supported by the pride of excuse, is at the same level of desperation as the scorner. Now, the scorner did not, there was not much good we said about the scorner, not much good the Bible says about the scorner. The same is true for the sluggard. The same is true for the slothful. They are rejecting, rejecting, and avoiding responsibility, and they're supporting it in pride, which God hates, uh, the rebelling against authority. And, and, and the alternate end of a fool uh, who has had some measure of success in his folly. Now, do you remember what I said about the fool and what the Bible says? If the fool seems to be successful in their foolishness, if they seem to find success there, there is very little hope for them. If they think that they can get away from the living like there is no God. And moms and dads, you and I are the ones responsibility, are responsible to, tell, to help them understand when the consequences are still, frankly, can be over in 30 seconds. And you can be hugging each other and moving on and wrestling. That's the time to do it. It's not good parenting to let our children be successful in living like there is no God when their children so that they are successful in their foolishness, they feel like they've succeeded, and now they're adults, and they're living like there is no God, the consequences now can be even death, okay? 
terrible. That's not good parenting to let them be successful in that. And the, and the truth here with the sluggard, it's the same, the same truth. Don't, we must not as parents let our children think that they can be successful in lying and getting out of work, rebelling against their parents, their teachers. Some of us are better at school than others, okay? Some of us love school. You know, some of you do. And some of, some of you don't. And so there is a difference, okay? But even if a child does not love school, they still can learn to be a good, hard worker and responsible in their schoolwork. And you know what? If you'll do that, you're actually pleasing God. You're actually serving God. You know that? So, so know that. All right. Um, letter D, the scorner's sins seem to deal mainly with authority, morality, and anger. Okay, that's where he lives. Rebelling against authority, immoral, always angry, it seems, while the sluggard's sins are with work, with responsibility, with their time, with their finances. A sluggard tends to really struggle with their finances. But both of the sluggard and the scorner are wise in their own eyes. They're, li- they're literally on a path to destruction, but try to tell them that, and they'll look you right in the eyes and tell you you're wrong. And they are very wise in their own conceit, their own eyes. All right, uh, number two, uh, characteristics characteristics. Letter A, uh, what are some characteristics for the sluggard? Well, he makes excuses. He makes excuses. Dad, do you remember what you used to tell me when I was a little boy? No excuses is what Dad would tell me. And it used to frustrate me so much. No excuses, he'd say. But there's, I've got an explanation. It's not an excuse, it's an explanation. That's what I'm trying to give. That's what I was trying to give my dad. I was trying to help him understand why I wasn't getting it done. And he'd say, no excuses, Seth. Oh. One of the first primary characters, characteristics for a sluggard is excuses. He's always, got a, he's always got an explanation. Mom, you want to know why? You want to know why? And by the way, some of you have moms and dads, you have the gift of mercy, and you're easily taken in by excuses. You want to believe the best, don't you? You just want to believe the best. After all, they're your own flesh and blood. How bad can they really be? You know? You should know. You should know how bad they can really be. But you want to believe the best. But be honest. Be honest. And I'm not saying to believe the worst, but be honest. Be honest. Uh, They make a lot of excuses. They always have a reason for every time for not getting done what is supposed to be done and for not doing what they should do. Look at verse 13 of Proverbs 22. The slothful man saith, there's a lion without. And here's his excuse. I shall be slain in the streets. Now, doesn't that sound like a good excuse to you? Doesn't, it, doesn't that sound like a good excuse to you? Doesn't it? Death? I mean, that's got to count, isn't it? Oh, Dad, would you have accepted that excuse? You know, no. <laughs> you know, here, here's the reality. If there is a lion in the streets, it's a, it's a problem. If it's in the town, you've got to deal with it. Don't be the guy who says, there's a line in the streets, I'm going to be killed, I'm not doing anything. The others will take care of it. It's actually an excuse, and, he, and the Bible identifies it as such. Uh, Proverbs 26 and verse 16 in your handout says, The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit, means eyes, his own eyes, than seven men that can render a reason. Seven men who have wisdom and understanding. Seven men who understand the issue and the Bible says that a sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who know what they're talking about. 
this, this guy is going to learn the hard way. The sluggard's going to learn the hard way. He always has excuses. Uh, letter B, the sluggard lives by convenience. He lives by convenience. What do I mean by that? Well, he's controlled by his circumstance. He's controlled by his desire. Uh, look here, Proverbs 20, and verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow... That's not talking by, about snow, although there's application there. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. So he lives by convenience. He should go out and plow. He needs to plow his field. He needs to get his field ready. It's time. But you know what? It's too cold outside. It's too cold outside. Um, where George Freilich and Todd... Every once in a while, these guys work outside quite a bit, and I'll text them on these miserable cold days, and I'll say, are you guys working outside? Are you outside today? I think one of them recently was outside. And I thought, wow, I don't know how anything got done with all the, I think it was on Tuesday, actually, of this past week. I think George was outside or something like that. I don't know if he was siding. I'd like to, I wish I could have seen him in that, you know, (laughs) working a piece of siding. But you know what? Uh, The sluggard says, the slothful man says, I'm not going to go plow my field because it's too cold. So he lives by convenience, but notice the result. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. You know, there are times in life where life is not convenient. There are times in life where the job has to be done. The field has to be plowed. You know what? Most I don't know any of us here who are farmers. Some of us here like to garden. Some of us like to think we can garden. But uh, we all have different fields that need to be plowed. Sometimes the plowing for us is parenting. It's disciplining our children. You know, there are times where Cindy and I will look at each other and it's kind of like, you, your turn. Why? Because I don't want, I don't, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Oh, that's the trait of a sluggard. That's the trait of the slothful. And see, we all have that. It's our flesh. It's our flesh. But you know what, as parents, you've got to plow the field. So you could say that to your spouse next time. It's your turn to plow the field. Okay? Your turn to plow the field. You know, maybe it's in your workplace, your place of work. You have a field to plow. Okay? Well, it's not convenient. All the ducks aren't lined up in the perfect row where it's going to be convenient for you. Don't be a sluggard. A sluggard lives by convenience. Letter C. Letter C. He lacks diligence and self-discipline. He lacks diligence and self-discipline. Now, notice this. uh, Diligence and self-discipline really is in contrast, I think, to what is diligent. Now, we all ought to be diligent. I'm going to define that word in just a moment. Uh, Look here at, at Proverbs 13, verse 4 in our text. The soul of the sluggard desireth, so it's not for lack of want. And I told you earlier, the, covet, the, the sluggard and the slothful man tends to be very, very covetous. He's never content with what he has. Okay? Never content. He desires, but he has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. So in that verse, there's this contrast. You have the soul of the sluggard who's always wanting, probably pouting, because he doesn't have what he wants. You know, if it's a teenager, just probably just a dirty, rotten, stinking attitude. Because I wanted to go, 
but I didn't do the work I needed to do to be able to go. And now mom and dad, the authority are standing in my way. Mom and dad, you ought to stand in the way. You ought to draw the line and say, you're not going, you didn't do the job. Why? Because you want to teach your child to be diligent. Why? Because you don't want them to learn that on their spouse after they're married, when they have children in the home. We, our children can learn it when they're, when they're younger. It's much easier to learn it when, they're, when, they're younger, when we're younger. But he says here, in contrast to the soul of the sluggard who's always desiring and not having, in contrast to that, the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now, the word diligent is interesting. It means a trench, as in a dug trench, a trench that has been dug or is being dug. It means gold, as in gold that is being mined. Now, who doesn't like to have a trench that's already dug? Have you ever dug a trench before? No, most of us haven't. If you've ever dug a trench, you know you're dealing with all kinds of soils. Digging a trench is no fun, okay? Unless you have one of those big uh, ditch witches, you know, you can drive around in. Then that'd be okay. But even then, you're, you're getting into concrete that someone left. In. It's, a, it's just hard work. Or who wouldn't like gold? But the problem is you've got to mine the gold. You've got to go dig. You've got to start digging for gold. You don't know that it's there. You're just digging away. You're working. You're investing. You're laboring. And, and, and here all within this word diligent has the idea of gold that is mined or a threshing sledge having sharp teeth. That would be for reaping uh, what we all would enjoy, reaping. But the word diligent means eager determination. I love that. Eager determination. Okay, kids, let me ask you a question. Do you have, when it comes to your schoolwork, do you have eager determination? <laughs> Do you? You don't. Thanks for confessing that. Okay. But here's the thing. You want to be diligent. You want to be diligent. Because the opposite of being diligent is being a sluggard. Which, what's his motto? I don't feel like it. Have you ever said that about your school? You don't feel like it? You know what the mark of that is? You know, you know, it's kind of an admission. I feel like a sluggard. Hey, it's good. Now we know what it is, right? Now you know what it is. Listen, there are always times when we don't feel like it. Not feeling like it isn't the problem. It's when we follow that feeling of not feeling like it that's the problem. That's where we become a sloth. That's where we become a sluggard in the eyes of God. And so uh, uh, a characteristic of a slugger is that he, a sluggard is that he lacks diligence and self-discipline. Um, the slothful man lets his flesh control him. Don't do it. Proverbs 21, verse 25 says, The desire of the slothful killeth him. He, he wants something he doesn't have so bad, it's, it's like he's dying to have it. But his hands refuse to labor. He still won't just do it. He, he wants the good grades so he can be eligible to be on the ball team. But he's too undisciplined. He's not willing to do the work, the schoolwork, that would make him eligible to have what he wants. And he pines over this, and he talks to his parents about it, and he goes to his coach. He goes to his teachers and says, your classes are too hard. And they say, but everybody else and their uncle is passing it. It's just you. And, and, you know, the slugger just wants it so bad, but his problem is his character, in his character, at his core, he's a sluggard. There's a name for him. He's a sloth. All right. What's another characteristic? Letter D. 
Letter D. He's covetous, and I mentioned this, and I've read about it, so we'll not take much time with it. He's full of want, but he's empty of reward. Years ago, I had a man come in the auditorium, and he, after a service, he began talking to me about the 1%. And in those days, in the news media, in the news circles, there was a lot being made of the 1%. In other words, those that were the elite, those who are CEOs, those who made all the money on the backs of everybody else, the 99% of the United States of America. And this really was a real hobby horse for him. And he talked to me at length about it. And, uh, and, 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 he, and he talked about how wicked the 1% were because they're, they loved money so much. And that's all they care about is money. Money, 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 money. And then he said this, which I communicated to some law enforcement in the area. He said, we're gonna go down to Detroit and we're going to drag the 1% out of their offices. And I looked at him and I said, you are a covetous man. You just told me that the 1% is covetous, but you are covetous. You want what they have. You want to be the 1%. Uh, covetousness is not reserved for people who have money. Did you know that? Or have stuff. Covetous people aren't necessarily those who have a nice house or a nice car or money in the bank. That doesn't make them covetous. Covetousness is desiring what you don't have. And sadly, some of the poorest people are the most covetous people on the face of the earth. Now, that's not, I'm not saying that is all that always true. I said some of. The most covetous people are those who ha don't have. And they're always living in this fantasy world, dreaming about having what they don't have. And the point of Proverbs here is stop dreaming it and desiring it and longing for it and wanting it. It's killing you. Get off the couch and work. Do what God has given you to do with what he's given you to do. All right, uh, letter F, letter F. Or letter E, let's go there, letter E does not plan or prepare for the future. He does not plan or prepare for the future. Talking about the covetous man here. Proverbs 6 and verse 6 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. He says, Go watch an ant colony. Is really what he's saying here. Consider her ways. Watch what they do. Think about why they do what they do. And be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler... They don't have a boss, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. And then in Proverbs 10 and verse 5, it says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. He's a son that causeth shame. Now, this can be on the college level. A young person goes off to college. They're paying the bills, or mom and dad are paying the bills. They got some scholarships, they got some grants, and he just or she just won't do the work. Now, what's his, what's his ministry at this point in time in his life? It's to do the work of being a college student. It's to go to class, it's to listen, take the best notes you can, uh, manage your time, take time for, 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 uh, for uh, refreshment or rest. Work If you've got to work a job to, at the time to pay your bills, take time to study, but you, you do what you have to do. 
put in the work. That's your God-given responsibility. But the sluggard goes, he pays the bills, his parents pay the bills, and you know what? He wastes every penny, and he just he doesn't value the teaching that's being given. He doesn't study, he doesn't prepare, he fails test after test after test after quiz after quiz after quiz. You know what? He's a sluggard, that's why. That's why he's doing what he's doing. And for a young person, it, it could be as simple as mom and dad, you have responsibilities to clean something up. Don't be a sluggard. Do your job. Do your job. Uh, in, our, in, our, uh, in our daily lives as adults, in, our, in the area of workplace, don't be a sluggard. You have a responsibility to do. It's probably laid out for you. It's probably spelled out for you. Don't be a sluggard. And then in our, how about in our spiritual walk with the Lord? You, some of us in this room are very hard workers when it comes to our jobs. We would never, we would never do our jobs in the secular workplace the way we handle or the time we give to this book. We would never do our jobs that way. We'd be fired if we did our secular jobs the way we interact with the Bible. Or maybe, are, some, are you a sluggard in the area of your marriage? Or as parents, child-rearing? So it shows up in different ways. It shows up in different ways. But he doesn't plan or prepare for the future. Um, letter F, he has trouble getting started and wastes time. He has trouble getting started and wastes time. He sleeps at inopportune times. I'm tired. Now, we're all tired right now. <laughs> I don't see anybody sleeping. I don't see anybody sleeping. You're doing a great job. Um, <laughs> Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. Notice what it says here. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. It's not cheap to travel. You can't really put any roots down. It's hard to accrue funds. And thy want as an armed man. So you're going to desire things like a thief desires things, and you're not going to have because you won't get out of bed. That's what he's saying. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? So if your parents call up the stairs to you in the next, this week, and say, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? Okay, now you know what they're referring to, okay? Get out of bed, get going. You get to go back to bed at the end of the day. Uh, Proverbs 10 and verse 5 says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Letter G, letter G. He has trouble finishing. So he has trouble getting started, and he wastes time, but he also has trouble finishing. He has trouble finishing. He quits. He tends to quit. When things get hard, he gives up. The slothful man. Look at this passage. The slothful man roasteth not which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious to him. So a diligent man... That man who, is, who has eager determination, just in life, in general, in whatever it is that God gives him to do, he has an eager determination. Now, do you ever have to do a job that you don't like doing? Do you ever, do you ever have to do a job you don't feel like doing? Is there anything in your life you just don't feel like doing? Sure. That's true for all of us. It's true for all of us. We all have things we don't feel like doing. What was it, Josh Harney, you mentioned this morning in Sunday school, something about math. I don't, math is not your... 
favorite subjects. Is that right? But you love speech. You love speaking. How many of us, how many of you here love speech? You love to come up and give speeches and talk in front of people. Okay, we got some. Some of you are like, yeah, I would hate that. I would hate that. Yeah. So we all have things we like, but even even when you have something on your plate, even when you have a God-given responsibility that your parents have given you, that your teachers have given you, that your employer has given you, you just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have a, a, an excuse to drag your feet and sigh and moan and roll your... Don't do it. Don't be like the sloth. Don't be like the sluggard. Be a hard worker. Be a hard worker. He, he has trouble finishing. He quits. This man actually goes hunting. He kills something, but he won't even cook it. Or maybe I should say he didn't want to dress it, right? He didn't want to dress it. He didn't want to gut it. He doesn't like that part. Most of us who hunt don't like that part. If you do, I'm not sure what's wrong with you. We'll finish up here. Letter H. Letter H. We'll, fin- let, we'll end with this one. He lacks substance in time of need. He lacks substance in time of need. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. It is a pleasure. It is a privilege to be able to have substance to give to other people, to help other people. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Um, but a slothful man isn't going... There are going to be moments, there are going to be times where you're, going to, you're not going to have what you need. And it's not a matter of God is leading you through a valley that's a hard, of hard times um, just randomly. No, it's direct, directly in consequence to your slothfulness. If you don't like school, but God leads you to college, you be diligent, you work hard. Because it's your God-given responsibility. And it's your ministry. And if you, you say, well, I, and, I've, and this happened when I was in college. I can remember uh, some of my guys, my friends who were ministerial majors. They were, that is, they were studying for the ministry. And I can remember them telling me how much they just didn't like school. They just weren't cut out for school. And, you know, they just didn't. They, in fact, they would even go so far as they kind of despise school. You know, they despise going to class. And why do I have to take this class? And why do I have to take that class? And I just want to get out there and serve the Lord and preach the word of God. You know, I look back and then I think, how? How terrible. What if, as a young man, God were to call you to go study and prepare for the ministry, and you, and you believe God's called you to preach, but you know what? He's called you to go to college and take freshman English, freshman speech, mathematics, stuff like this. What if he takes your life before you ever get out to preach the Word of God, to serve him in ministry? Do you know that in that window of time, in that young man's life, that is his ministry. That is his job. And if he never gets out and preaches a single message in a pulpit anywhere in America or around the world, but he is faithful in doing that job, he has faithfully served the Lord. And that's true for every single one of us in this room. Let's look at some of those, let's reevaluate some of those areas in our lives where, you know what, between us, we just don't like doing those things. It's not our thing. I love to go cut down a tree. Give me a snowy day and get chainsaw. The smell of fuel in my nostrils. The rev of the saws. My dad and I were cutting down some, or cutting up some trees uh, a couple weeks ago, and I had one saw, 60 cc's, and he had another saw, 70 cc's, and we're, we're about, we were about 10 feet apart. We're on the same log, and he revved it up, you know. And, and the only way to run a chainsaw is 
full out, all the way open. There's no half throttle. Okay, you, you squeeze it all the way down. And it was, it's a big saw. Whoa, it took off, you know. And I, I, I get the feeling right now. And, 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 I, and I came up to that log, and, and they were like singing together. Pastor told me it would be a wonderful duet. And I, I cranked that 60cc saw up, and they just blended in perfect harmony as those Swedish saws just sliced. I, it's just great. I love that. Some of you would say, that would be misery. Be misery. I love it. But there are things that you would love that I'd say, it's misery to me. I don't like doing that. I don't, I don't like doing that. Cindy and I kind of have this little thing. Last one out of bed makes the bed. And so there are moments I'll hear her start to roll, and I'll be like, shooting out the other side. Because I don't want to make the bed. I'm like, I'm out of the bed first. I don't want to make the bed. I don't like making the bed. I'll go cut down a tree. Are you slothful making the bed? All right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us.